when I was 18, I started getting around people who were using heroin. 18 years old, I started using it, and you know, that really caused my life to change for the worse very, very quickly. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist John Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about how addictions to drugs can make you so desperate that you can become like a ravaged animal in order to get that next fix. Drug addiction is full of hollow promises. It promises to fulfill you, but it's simply a path that is empty. Today, you will hear from Andrew Chalmers, who became an addict to something as harmless as prescription painkillers, and through that pathway, became a homeless man desperate for his next high. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Andrew, thanks so much for revealing some real and raw truths about your past drug addiction. I understand that when you were younger, you struggled with some fears and anxieties, and you were introduced to drugs through a drug that was simply a prescription from a doctor. What happened when you took that drug? Well, you know, from the time I was around eight or nine years old, my older sister was, you know, using a lot of drugs. And so I was around them every now and then and was exposed to them. But really, it was when I was 15 years old, I had already been using other drugs like smoking weed and doing different things. But at 15 years old, one of my friends stole some prescription pills from his dad and brought them to school. And he gave me some. And I'll just never forget that day. I took them and it was like prescription painkillers. And the moment that that feeling just set in, I remember the thought in my head was the way I feel right now, I never wanted to stop. Like, I want to feel like this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I remember also thinking that the drug that I tried in that moment was what I had been missing my whole life. And instantly I was really addicted to prescription painkillers. And I understand that when you got older, you got introduced to other groups of people and you were introduced to another level of drugs. What was that like? Well, you know, by the time I was, you know, 17, 18, I started selling drugs to support my habit. And I guess when I started doing that, I started getting around a whole nother group of people. And when I was 18, I started getting around people who were using heroin. I had always wanted to try heroin because essentially what I was doing was just a legal prescription form of it. 18 years old, I started using it. And, you know, that really caused my life to change for the worse very, very quickly. Mm. Oh, wow. Did you try to stop during this time in your life? Well, I did try to stop when I was, you know, 18, 19, right after I started using heroin, things got really bad. And I was selling drugs and doing a lot of other, you know, just crazy things. And everyone in my life could tell something was wrong. So I ended up going to uh, like kind of like a detox program. And basically went there. And then a couple months after I went to that detox program, my girlfriend at the time got pregnant. And my son Landon was born about nine months later. And by the time he was born, I was totally back on drugs and uh, had just spun out of control again. And then uh, actually when he was born, I wound up back in rehab 
And so the day he was born, I ended up having to get out of the detox intensive unit and was driven to the hospital where my son was born. Just kind of back and forth, back and forth up until I was 21 years old, trying to get my life on track and, you know, really not being able to get it together. How did that make you feel during that time? I felt so hollow. I was sick emotionally and physically at the time because I was coming off drugs. And what's so sad is the whole memory I have of that day was literally I was searching through the hospital. I was searching through the anesthetics and the drugs and the stuff that they were giving to my son's mom, trying to get high the whole time, trying to figure out a way that I could get high. You know, when I look back, it's just such a dark day. And what was sad is, you know, most people, when their children are born, it's like, man, that was the happiest day of my life. But for me, I was so miserable and so selfish and so consumed with this addiction that I wasn't even able to enjoy it. And that really made me feel like I know I should be enjoying this, but I was just so overwhelmed with this addiction. Mm, That is overwhelming. It sounds like you lost all peace and control of your life. And I understand you had a drug overdose. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah. Over the next couple of years after my son was born, I did better for a time. And then I fell back into drugs and um, I wound up getting in trouble several times. And I ended up finally kind of there towards the end, you know, ended up taking too much drugs at one point. And it's a long story, but I ended up almost dying because of drug overdose. It's incredible how I didn't die. Basically, they resuscitated me at a hospital just north of Atlanta, Georgia. I was kept in the hospital for three days. And within two hours of my dad picking me up from that time in my hospital, I had already arranged a drug dealer to meet me at the supermarket while he went inside to buy groceries. And instantly I was back on drugs and it was like nothing could stop me. Mm, Truly, it seems like the drugs at this point are dragging you along here like by force. But what about your family during this time? I understand you got to a point of being suicidal, but your dad got in touch with you like he was looking for you. Tell us about that. Well, eventually my family and friends, they really had to put up boundaries. I wasn't allowed to stay at anyone's house. I had nowhere else to go and wound up on the streets. It was the wintertime 2009 and I was sleeping on a bag, just a big duffel bag and I was sleeping out in the cold and I had absolutely nothing. I was stealing money from my parents' business in order to survive out on the streets. I was basically writing bad checks and stealing money from my dad. One day on a Sunday afternoon, I uh, ended up getting in touch with my parents. They said, hey, you know, son, we've heard about a program. We want to try to help you. And I was so shocked because my dad, about two or three years before that, told me he was done. He'd never send me to rehab again. He's done with me. And so I was kind of surprised when he told me that, but I wasn't ready to change. And so I told him, no, I don't want to. So I actually stayed out one more night. And the next day I woke up really early in the morning, had this really bad feeling in my stomach. I felt like something bad was going to happen. And I just knew I was kind of at the end. I was suicidal. I was so desperate and it was such a dark place. I just felt a voice inside of me or around. I don't know. This voice told me that I had to get out, like to leave that situation because something bad was going to happen. So I called my dad and I told him where I was at. He ended up coming down into that area and finding me. But by the time he came down, I had actually changed my mind and I was hiding behind an abandoned building. And I had gotten more drugs and I had a bunch of drugs that were on me and I was using them. And I was literally using so much drugs at that time. I was shaking and trembling. I mean, I was doing twice as much drugs as what I would normally do. And so my body was like almost convulsing because there was so much. And I was just like ready for it to be done. And then my dad found me. 
someone in the neighborhood, like a homeless guy or somebody pointed at the abandoned building and said, I was over there. So my dad comes and he opens this gate and he finds me and I have needles in my hand. I have all this other stuff in my hand. And I looked at my dad and I said, you know, dad, if you come close to me, I'm going to kill you. And my dad was like, you know what, son, I love you. And he just stood there and I finished all the drugs that I had. And he just sat there and he watched me. Mm, My gosh, I don't want to stop here, but we need to stop. Andrew, I want to have you on our next show to talk about what happened next. Thanks so much for being on our show. I think we learned a lot today from your story. Great. Thank you. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me... This is horrible to hear about how drugs can really take a hold of a person and make them do things simply to fulfill that feeling of being high. It is a very carnal-based desire. What I mean by that, it's like very basic, you know, where it's almost like drug addiction makes us feel like that desire is a need when drugs really are not a need for a person to live. I mean, we can live without drugs. But Andrew was doing things desperately to attain that next high, even though it wasn't a need. He was convinced it was such a high need. And that's the deception about drugs. As do all who get addicted to drugs, I think they feel this way. Now, what do ancient scriptures reveal about drug addiction? It is written in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 6. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now listen to this. According to ancient writings, you can see that we all have carnal desires. Though we would think that those desires would lead us to life, actually, they're all leading to death. Everything carnal that you think is going to be good for you eventually can lead to death or does lead to death. Now, the goal for the carnal mind is to lead us to what we want, not what is good for us, right? And drugs, it simply hijacks that reality of that brokenness. It exploits that brokenness, leading to even more brokenness. You can see how Andrew was so addicted to the drugs that he was leading himself to death, to a path of overdose. He could not stop. Now, all of us, I think, can relate to the fact that we have carnal desires. We have a carnal mind at times that tries to find means of getting what we want and not necessarily what we need. 
But the Bible says we can live a life filled with the Spirit, which brings us to the mind of the Spirit. And what does that mean? It's wanting what God wants for us instead of wanting what we want for us. It's a huge distinction, and it will change your life. See, God wants life for you. How do we get that? How do we get the Spirit? How do we get the things of the Spirit? Well, Jesus is the only one who can fill you with His Spirit. His Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can give you a new mind, new desires that are good for you. Friend, I want to pray for you. If you've never come to know Jesus, or if you've never really encountered the Holy Spirit. Maybe you find yourself always thinking carnally, always thinking about, I want, I want, I need this. I need, I need those pair of shoes. <laughs> but you know, God knows what you need. So Lord Jesus, we come to you. We come to you realizing that, gosh, Lord, we have this carnal mind in us. Help us, Lord, to put that aside. Help us to live by your spirit. So for the person who doesn't have access to that, my friend, just say, Jesus, I receive you. I turn away from my carnal mind or from what I want. Lord God, show me what you want, because I know that what you want is good. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.